hit the I hit the button. It's recording. Oh, so. Shit. <laughs> and the first swear is dropped oh, by the right. guests. You guys don't swear. <laughs> no, we no, do. We, we do swear. swear. We just don't try to make a habit of it, so it's no. all right. No. I don't try to make a habit of it. I try to bring myself above and beyond the rest. Okay. Anyway, Andrew, go ahead. Well, welcome to episode 27 of Auto Off Topic. I'm your host, Andrew. And I am always, am your other host, Brad. And we have a guest tonight. We've talked about him before and his cars. He's talked about pretty much in every episode yep. because he spends a lot of time hanging out with us losers. That's fair. So we finally had him on, our buddy Jordan. How are you doing? Not too bad. So um, it's been pretty nice out lately. It has been, but I haven't been working on any cars. No. No. I have worked it. No. Yeah. Slacker. No. I was waiting for some parts to come for the Galant to fix it. Okay. And they all came. So I have new vacuum hose, all the brass fittings. Uh, what else was I waiting on? I think that was it. I found another uh, wastegate actuator apparently in my stash of parts. I had yeah, you three now? I have three of them, three spare ones. Find but, it under your pillow. Yeah, apparently. I don't know why I had three. I can't remember where it came from or why I have it. dropped it off. Yep, but I have it. So anyway, I got to change that hopefully this weekend. Um. I did attempt to put the Raider back on the road. Yeah. Um, but somewhere in between moving the truck around a few times, I seem to have lost the top of the air filter. Oh. So. But I you got an air filter, it. but you didn't have the top of the air filter. I got an air filter, and I was like, oh, yeah, I got my air filter. I'm going to drive down to Salem, where the car is stored, and put it together and drive it around. And I got there and only had the base plate was still on top of the carburetor, um, which is... An old antiquated device. Yeah, that, sure is. That uh, does the same thing fuel injection does, Jordan. No, just so you know. no it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it, the same. The same basic principles apply. Uh, it mixes fuel and air. It makes through sorcery and magic. Yes, um, but it, obviously it needs an air filter. Um, so it was wide open on top. So I did not drive the car anywhere, and I'm looking for that. Was part. it stuck to the old filter? No, no. It's a big chrome piece. Hmm. Just use an old license plate. I considered just putting something over the top. Like I had a, like a, a rag I was going to tie over the top. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start the truck. It's going to get sucked into the motor. It's That's not a bad idea. Yeah. You can take one of those license plates and just fold it over. Or I could find the correct one. Yeah, and you can get it. some ghetto street cred, too. Yeah. I don't know I don't know if I want ghetto street cred. I make fun of people. Come on, it'll be real seen. Hey, what about me is seen? It would be the least yeah. rusty part of your truck. Only because it's a license plate and it's made out of non-rustable yes. metal. Yeah. I mean, you want to get back into the game, right? So you got to be... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's never been a game, Andrew. So anyway, Jordan is here. We've talked about his STI and his Xterra before. Yep. Correct? Are we yep. jumping into this? Or am I no. going over the top here? This week? No. Good? no. All right. So he has the STI and the Xterra. I only had a, like, a couple questions for him because we'll talk about what we did last summer. But I know what you did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> My question was, uh, how did you get into cars, Jordan? Um, we'll get right into it. <laughs> I guess I have a really old memory of, like, hanging out in my living room, and my dad was watching, like, DTM racing on TV. Yeah. it's a good way. And I thought that was pretty cool. And then sometimes there was rally on TV, because, you know, it was on TV back then. Yep. Uh, and then I think i got into like gran turismo and that was like the catalyst for mm -hmm. it all that seems to be a lot of people in the 30 to 25 to 35 age range yeah I think how they got into it explains the uh, sti that's 
I think I remember the Subarus being my favorite in the game, so that's yeah. probably where that Well, that was from. like, for us, it was like, whoa, what are these e- Lancer Evolution things? What are these cars that aren't Camaros, Mustangs, and Corvettes? Yeah. yeah. Why don't we get these here? Oh, wait. The Talon's sort of the same thing. It has the similar engine. That's all sort we had can get. We didn't even know that at the time. No. It was just no. something all-wheel drive. Hey, that's cool. No, we had some pretty epic battles, Brad and I did, at uh, Trial Mountain in, like, GT1 and 2. Yeah, which, if you go back and play GT1 now, it's painfully, nope. it's painfully yeah. easy. Can't do like, it. I don't know how we ever had a hard time playing it. Yeah, but I can't even look at it on, like, a... It doesn't work on a new TV, and then I can't look at CRT TVs anymore. <laughs> you can't look at them? Well, when you try to, like, play like Medusa, a... your head explodes. <laughs> Have you tried to play like an N64 game on a CRT TV? Yeah. Like a first person shooter? It's like impossible. I don't know how we used to do it. Because the graphics are what we were used to. I guess. So it wasn't like crystal clear, perfect graphics like it is today. Yeah. But we were used to polygons. Like trying to play like GoldenEye is like impossible now. Oh, did you have the expansion pack on the N64 you were using? Because that made a difference. No, that was for Perfect Dark. Oh, all right. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Yes. Uh, Jordan, how'd you find out about Rally? Or, well, you said you saw it on TV, but how'd you find out about locally? Just kind of the internet, like Googling it? And... Um, I think I honestly, I bought, I got a, my first job out of college. And since I was young and stupid, like the first thing I did was go out and buy an STI because I always wanted one. Uh, logic. Yeah, in hindsight, that was like way too much money to pay for a car at the time. Still um, logic. Yeah, but I still have it at least. Yeah. Aww. Um, yeah. But I like I, I did that, and then I started looking for like forums and shit. Um, Probably Nasiak. Yeah, and like I found Dirty Impreza, and I was like, oh, that's cool. People rally these things. Yeah, I'll do that. And then I went to one and basically destroyed the paint and fenders on the car and. And I'm committed. Never really stopped from there, so. Yeah, because the 0.5 has little special over fenders. On the because quarter panels only. Though. Yes, because yeah. the track was slightly wider on the 0.5 versus yeah. the 0.4. Stupid. And they, a different bull pattern, too, which is also annoying. Well, that brings us to how we met Jordan, because we all came from for, the internets. Yeah. As was established by the... Yeah, I mean, it probably wasn't the smartest idea for me to just go camp in the woods with these weirdos that I only talked to on the internet. Valid point. But I guess that turned out okay. I mean, you're in Andrew's basement now. Yeah. It's the first time you've been down here, I think. No, I've been down here before, but yep. oh. there was nothing here. Oh, okay. No, there wasn't. Except so, for, you know, dog pee. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'll see if it still remains to be a good decision yeah. at the end of the show. But nonetheless... Yeah, I remember because the first time you came with us was when we went to the New England Forest Rally. Mm-hmm. It was kind of yeah. like a gathering we put together on Dirty Impreza. It was a bunch of people from New England. It was like, hey, we're going to the rally. Who else from the area is going? Kind of thing happened, right? Is that the yep. one where we went to Mount Washington afterwards? Yeah. Yeah, the first year we went to Mount All Washington. Right. So I had the Starion. So <laughs> he automatically was making fun of me because my car oh, yeah. was sputtering and dying. Yeah, right? every the, only the startup was like... like would fire up. Yeah. The tractor. Oh, the tractor's going. Yep. <laughs> Blow some blue smoke out. Wait, you got to drive that up Mount Washington? Well, to be fair, it made it up, and then you only have to coast down. Yeah, so. exactly. I remember following him down, though, and that thing stunk something fierce. It did not. It breaks. Yeah. It would smell pretty bad. I don't think it was my car. It was probably Joe Davis. Maybe. He's, he's more of a, a brake rider. Because he had his 
uh, Outback Sport, I think, at the time still. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was a fun trip. And that was kind of what cemented uh, this lifelong friendship between Jordan and the rest of us. So now we can't get rid of him. Yep. Not that we want to. Well, well, what you can do? Well, we're, we're in Andrew's basement. You can wait and find out. Oh. <laughs> I didn't realize it was one of those shows. Oh. Hey, now. Anyway, so yeah, we we say we're from the internet, though, because that particular camping event, a guy came over to us and... Like, we're all, like, hanging around the campfire. Right, and a guy came from a campsite that was on the other side of the trees, and he just came wandering over in his in his bathrobe, apparently, mm-hmm. and was like, hey, are you guys from the internets? And we've just made fun of it ever since. Yep. It's kind of been... That means thing. he was probably, like, eavesdropping on us in the shadows. Probably. You know that, right? It means yeah. a couple of things. It means he was eavesdropping, us in the sh- eavesdropping on us from the shadows, and he was probably really drunk. Probably. So I, I'll give him a pass. This was back when forums were uh, lively. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Facebook wasn't like the big thing that it is now. Yes. Or it wasn't was, as big as it is now. It was now. like barely a thing. Yeah, people still use MySpace this time. I still so. go on that forum like every other month. And then see that the last post in New England was like from 2015. Years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's most forums now. A lot of them just died off, you know, because we talked about that before, the, mm-hmm. the whole Facebook effect on on forums and, and every other form of social media just kind of going by the wayside. But also, and I guess we'll segue this into our next part, a lot of the people that we know from that forum are now into off-roading 4x4s. Well, Jordan is. Who else is? All the New England uh, Flatlanders guys. Oh, that's right. True. I was thinking of Aaron and all them. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's true. Because basically, like, he's like when, when I was talking to him, it's just kind of for it's a more fam- family friendly thing to just trundle along in the woods slowly. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper than rally too. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, well it depends on what you want to spend yeah. on any hobby. That's true. Well, I mean, we take your truck off in the same trails that somebody who takes their fully built Jeep off. You know what I mean? Well, Travis Pastrana takes his Vermont sports car out in the same roads. You can take out a, a $5,000 rally car. So All right. there you Valid go. Valid point. But Valid it's point. just a matter of what you want to spend on your rig. So, But anyways, that's the thing. It's just a more family-friendly thing because you can bring the whole family and your dogs. And you're just kind of cruising along in the woods slowly. And then you just find a place to camp and hang out with people. And are you checking your phone? Bad. No. It's good radio. It it beeped, so I was turning it off. Yeah, it must have been Joey, because I don't have the same time. No, it was Stephanie. Oh, okay. She's, um, wa- she's watching Chopped, and apparently Ron Funches was, was cut. Uh, she's anyway, upset. Anyway, back, <laughs> back to cars. Sorry, Ron Funches. <laughs> Better luck on that midnight next time. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about 4x4s. But Apparently, that's, that's we cool. were always into them, but we didn't know it. <laughs> we've always liked to do dirt road trips and whatnot, but we've never really had a truck to do it with. So until we met Jordan, none of us had ever done a proper off-road trip. If you told 10 years ago, Andrew, that he would own a 4x4, two 4x4s right now, right. I would have said, nope, I don't believe you. And I would have said the same. I now have a 4x4. Two, sort of. You have a, you have a diesel pickup truck. Well, the diesel pickup truck is unrelated <laughs> to the whole story, but... You're right. Ten years ago, Brad would have said, diesel pickup truck, no way. Tiny little sports cars forever, man. Yeah. But anyway, so we went with Jordan on a 500-ish mile dirt road trip. Was it about that? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that kind of changed our ways of thinking a bit about these trucks and 
off-road things and because all we're exposed to around here i'm not sure how it is in other parts of the country um most people that i've met that are into trucks are into mud uh, they have the big jeeps and they go out into mud pits and that never appealed to me like i, mean, I like going through a mud puddle but i didn't like the mud bogging we I should start with what we did a year ago which was freetown forest okay because that has a really funny thing that happened that's true <laughs> And it also happened before this other trip happened, so go ahead. Yeah. So we, about a year ago, the like the very first time, I was like, all right, let's go off-road. There's really no places in Massachusetts, but we found, or Jordan knows, a Freetown State Forest, which is down the South Shore. Yeah, that's where I grew up. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's like dirt roads, but they're still open to the public. Mm-hmm. It's a public way, but just not really used Yeah, by it's anybody. uh. I mean, it's a state park, and it's technically a town road. Like, my sister used to use it to commute to work every day. Oh, really? Yeah. But, so they don't really maintain it. Like, no. It's just, like, potholes and, like, puddles. Yeah, right. Big pits. So it's not, like, heavy technical off-roading. It's just kind of like... No, it's a road you can drive down, and you can you can make it as technical as you want to be, I guess, if you kind of stay yeah, on the Yeah, I mean, you can, and... you can do it in, like, a sedan if the conditions are good. Right. But they're usually not. Or you can drive it into a puddle. Yeah. Right. So we... So we're coming along, right? I don't even remember which road that was. It was the main the main drag yeah. going back towards where we came into the forest. And, you know, we're passing by Jeeps. You know, they're passing by us. Everybody's just kind of waving, friendly. And then we come across... People walking. People walking. Yeah. And they're like, we're stuck, right? Yep. Because you guys were ahead of me. You probably... Yeah, I, I was the first vehicle there, I think, wasn't I? Uh, yeah. I, I think, think so. I talked to the guy first. And he's yeah. like, hey, we're stuck. And I was like, all right. Do you need us to pull you out? And he's like, yeah, we appreciate it. So we're like, all right, that's cool. So we're thinking, all right, they're in a Jeep or something, and they're stuck. Yep. So come around the corner. Was it a Kia Optima? Uh, no, not an Optima. The smaller one. Some kind of Kia. The Kia Forte. Whatever the rental car special. A rental yeah. car Kia Forte. Yeah. Nose deep. <laughs> no, nose deep isn't the word. It was like, was uh, it was above the, the rocker yeah. panels. The entire interior of the car was full of mud. <laughs> yeah. It was awful. <laughs> and it's two tourists. It was a guy, the woman was from India. And the guy was from Italy, I think. Yeah, they were definitely. Um, the one, one was from India, well, one was from Italy, and they had met somewhere in Europe, and they got they got together, and they came over here on a trip together. I'm not, there was some weird story going on there, but whatever. Whatever, they're two travelers. Yes, yeah, two two travelers, young and in love, not knowing what they were doing. Odd place to go. It's a very odd I place just, to go. They said they were just out exploring. They're, they weren't following know, the GPS. I don't know they're how just... you wind up anywhere near Freetown if you're on vacation yeah, from Europe. There's not much yeah. going on. There. It's kind of the middle of nowhere as far as Massachusetts goes. Like, it's there's nothing to do there. There's no reason for you to be there in that part of the state. Unless you were looking for dirt roads, like no. we were, I guess. But yeah. there's really no reason to be there here from out of town. I don't understand it all. But the funniest part of the story was there was a big bottle of wine and two, like, wine glasses on the side of the, <laughs> we're like, side of the puddle. What is that doing here? And I was like, oh, apparently somebody else has been stuck here, too. And the guy's like, no, those are ours. We took him out of the car in case the first people to show up with the police. We didn't <laughs> do a breathalyzer test. It's like, what is going on here? Oh, they're just having a picnic and some wine. Yeah, apparently, in the middle of an ocean. But anyway, there's like, if you go way, way back on inst- our Instagram, there's like video of the the red truck. Yeah, was running like chugging along, pulling Which, it out. Which coincidentally, that was the first off road trip we did. Yeah, it's also the last one. The <laughs> last off road trip that the red truck has done. So unfortunately, it got me ready to be like, yeah, I want to do all these off road trips and do all this cool stuff. And then the truck died, and I've been chasing that Interesting rainbow ever facts. since. Interesting facts. So, mine 
didn't have four-wheel drive at the time. Didn't know nope. that, though. We didn't know that. Nope. We were like, why does Andrew's truck keep getting stuck? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many tow-outs. Why are we getting so many tow-outs of Andrew's truck? Only like, my truck. Well, unfortunately, it did have um, the effect of getting some cool pictures of us, like, balancing on the bumper to try to get the tires on the ground to yep. make traction. Until we realized that it didn't really matter how we did it because those tires weren't getting any Dude, drive anyway. Yeah. No, the front wheels weren't moving. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is weird because it's in four-wheel drive and the light's on. But apparently the auto-lock hubs, oops, one was missing all the guts. So that's why it didn't work. Yeah, those are important. No. But oh, we didn't know that. So. We didn't know that until, like, September. So now it's, like, June and we're like, all right, we're going to start playing this trip to go across Maine. Make sure the trucks are all set. Yeah, of course. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Four-wheel drive works. Throw a new battery in the truck. <laughs> Hasn't been giving me any much trouble other than the random no-start that it does every now and then. Which, of course, it did a couple of times on our trip. I don't think, no, I don't think it did at all during the, tri- main, the main trip. I remember coming back. Weren't we sitting in like a church parking lot while you waiting for your truck to no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this I think is, we were. This is at the end of the summer. Was it? Yeah. No, nah, whatever. No. No, no, no. Regardless. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the part factor. where the, the truck failed. It's all better now. Yeah. Buy Andrew's truck. Yes, you should. But anyway, so we started uh, in Maine. Well, we left from my Jack, house. We went to Jackman, I think, is we started. Here. Yeah. No, we left Andrew's house, and we went to go pick you up in wherever. That was because the Sapporo was dead. What are you was, talking about? That was the week the Sapporo oh, died. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, it was, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. Man, that was a long time ago. It's still there. No, it's not. It's home. Oh. Yeah, it's home. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it is what it is. You're like, my car's dead, and I can't meet you guys. We're like, all right, just we'll pick you up on the way. It wasn't really on the way. Yeah, it was sort of on the way. Uh, away enough. It was in Maine. Anywhere, yes. Anywhere in Maine. Not like we were on a schedule, so. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> You're right. That was, the, And I think the support is a transmission again, actually. Ugh. Yeah. Cause I should. Because it's got the best parts. of. of it's got the... Mitsubishi engine with the Chrysler transmission, right? Right, which is why the Chrysler transmission keeps dying. Yeah. So, whatever. Five-speed swap it. I, however, I did, actually, we're going to go back to uh, uh, Project Car Updates. I did yeah. get the Sapporo finally home from Maine. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. Project Car Update. What was the first, Maine. so back to our trip, what was the first park we went through? Um, we went to the B-52. Oh, that's right. So, we went past Moosehead Lake, I yeah. think. And then it was the B-52 site. That, the crash site, yeah. The crash site. So you take a bunch of dirt roads, and it is signed real well. And you pull up, and then you hike like 300 yards, like, no, not even, like 100 yards into the woods. Mm-hmm. And this B-52, I think it was in the mid-60s, 60s, yeah. crashed into the side of the mountain in the wintertime. Right. And, and only like two of the guys survived. They so survived because the snow was so deep. They yeah, out of the plane and landed in the snow. Yeah, with like was, no parachutes. Yeah, it was right? the, yeah. the highest recorded fall from an airplane without a parachute. Somebody survived. He broke both his legs, but he survived. Yeah. So it's a memorial to the other crewmen that died. Yep. And they left. They recovered some of the uh, wreckage. Essential that they needed. Yeah, they recovered government it. secrets. They needed they, to sensitive material. Yeah, they recovered it at the time, but the majority of it they left on the mountain, so you can see. I mean, it's just a huge debris field that's all been ingrown by trees. Yeah, and a lot of it's aluminum, so it hasn't, like, rusted or anything. It looks like it happened three days ago. Yeah, yeah. Still, you can see where the tires had caught fire. They're melted. They're yep. just, the landing gear is just stuck there. So it's a pretty solid place, but it's also neat to go see. Get your beer going. I tried to make that quiet. It just wasn't happening. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. 
So that was the first stop. And then from there, it was like a back way into, it was a park, right? Um, what is it called? It's like the Great North Main Woods or something. Yeah. It's a huge park. Yes. I think it's just the North Main Woods or something. But we drove from the uh, B-52 site all dirt roads. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was we were on the dirt from that point for yeah. a good amount of time. Up to Millinocket. Yeah. yeah. We really only got off dirt to find a place to sleep for the night yep. and to get gas. That was pretty yeah. much it. And to patch up Jordan's time. But we went all the way to... So we went to the gatehouse of that first place. Yep. Which is like the North Main Woods or whatever yes. it is there. So we paid our little fee. And then the guy noticed that we had a Montero. Yeah. And then we met a guy that is a Montero enthusiast. In the middle so of the woods strange. in Maine. Yeah. <laughs> because he said like his... Son-in-law? His son-in-law lives in Arizona, and he knows all the Montero people out in Arizona. Yeah. And they have, like, three or four first-gens out there. I don't remember the guy's name now. I don't either, and I tried to figure it out, and I've asked a few people out there, and none of them knows I thought the we is. saved the... Uh, we'll have to go look at my glove box. I might have saved the paperwork. It might still be in the glove box in the truck. It might have his name on it. Yeah, whatever. So regardless, anyway. regardless, it was interesting to find somebody in the middle so of the So that was neat. So we drove... Through that park for a little while, and we kind of crossed over the uh, Appalachian Trail a couple times. Yep. And you could see mm-hmm. where people were meeting hikers and stuff. Yeah, we saw a couple of groups that were walking the Appalachian Trail, actually, yeah. while we were yeah. out there. And then we drove. It was dark by the time we got to Millinocket. And that that was a cool campsite, too. I don't remember the Millinocket one. This is the one with uh, the um, opaque swarms of mosquitoes. They were like... Real heavy mosquitoes. Yeah, I don't remember that. Remember we went into the little booth and the lady had a, she had a, uh, like a yellow lab. His name was Moose. Man, your memory's way better than mine. Apparently. <laughs> I don't remember any of <laughs> this stuff. Were you drunk the entire time? <laughs> I mean, I didn't have a car, so probably. <laughs> I don't remember that either. All right. Well, but. it was raining. I remember that. Okay. It was cold. And we had like a struggle to get the fire going because it was raining mm. and wet. No, well, regardless. It was so annoying. But then... The next day, that was when we got to drive the Golden Road. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was bright and sunny. Well, was that also the day we found? No, that was the third day. The th- other airplane crash site. But that's not the third no, day. that was the last that day. Was the last, last day, day yeah. yeah. So the Golden Road was next. Yes. Which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's not really a technical off-road road either. It's more of a uh, it's a logging road, essentially. Dirt highway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, what, 90 miles, I think. It sounds about right. It's from Millinocket to the Canadian border, and the instead of floating logs down the river that it shadows the logging companies built this road and it's like four dirt lane yeah, dirt lanes it's wide it's like a dirt interstate yeah so it can carry <laughs> semi trucks with logs because it's way faster you know they can travel it in like two hours instead of logs taking like all weeks day. yeah well first they they built those trains to move the logs after the river and those trains are still up there in the woods Oh, those oh are, the, are they really? Those two, yeah, there's like two giant steam locomotives that are just completely rusted. Oh, which we didn't get to see those. No, though. that's another cool no, hike, No, it's like, a, like an hour-plus hike from the road to get to them, so we didn't okay. do it. So I need to prepare myself for that one, because yeah. it's a lot harder than driving a truck. But what was really cool was uh, we got to pull off and go to that hydroelectric dam. Yep. And it's the, uh, shoot, what was the name of the gorge? It was like a really cool gorge. It was on the map. I don't. I don't remember the dog's name from the from the house, so I don't remember the name of the gorge. Andrew, sorry. But we went over that little bridge. Yeah, no, it was cool. It's a cool place. And the uh, the uh, New Hampshire uh, 
park ranger. The park ranger. The main park the ranger. Main park ranger yeah. Like stuck up on us. Because there was this gorge and like the water was rushing in there. It was super loud. Like it's a waterfall. And we're just standing there yeah. admiring it. And then like I turn around. I was like, because <gasps> I, I expected you to. And then there was just a third <laughs> person. A park like, ranger yeah. there. What and, are you guys doing? Yeah. He's just like, hey, how's it going? We're like, good. And he's like, oh, I'm just, just hiking, doing my rounds. And that's what they do. They just hike around. Yep. And then he told us we could actually walk pretty much into the electric dam. Like, where the electric substation was for it. Yeah. Which we didn't think we could at all, because it was all fenced. And he's like, oh, gate's open, just yeah. walk in. Yeah. We're like, okay. It's so different up there. <laughs> yeah. So we did. We walked pretty much right in. Well, it's like, a, it's like a put-in, I think, for, uh, like, this whitewater rafting company, so. Oh, it is, right. but still. Yeah. It's you just couldn't the fact drive down there, but you could walk down. The fact that it's open to the public to even get that close to is strange. But yeah, it was pretty cool. Down here, it wouldn't be. And then we went up the road, like, a mile and went over another the, the dam that dam feeds it. it yeah. Yep, that was cool too. And then we had bre- uh, we had lunch in the lunch dam. there. Yeah, it was overall it was a pretty good trip. Which, if we plan it a little bit differently, there is a campsite that was over that bridge. Oh, like a remote campsite. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, well, we didn't really plan. We didn't so plan well. on. St- yeah, we didn't plan staying on there because it was just the way the timing worked out. But if you planned, we probably could have. If you drove straight to Millinocket and didn't drive through the woods like we did. But we could have camped in the woods, too. That's true. But I think these it was, are things we didn't know at the time. Yeah, yeah we, we didn't know. We didn't news. prepare ourselves for like a They're just off-the-grid like, camping experience. Yeah, <laughs> as soon as you get into the North Woods and you're signing a little paperwork, they make you pay a little entry fee. They're like, oh, are you camping? We're like, uh, we didn't know you could camp. Yeah, because basically what happens when you sign the entry fee and you go in, they want, and you're not camping. You, you pay extra to camp, obviously. Yeah. Extra, and certain amounts of drive through and extra to camp. And they count all the cars in, all the cars out, so they can figure out, you know, if something gets lost or it doesn't show back up or it just disappears or border jumps somewhere in between, <laughs> yeah. they'll know what's going on. So. so what was after that? We drove all the way down the Golden Road, and then we tried to, well, not all the way down the Golden Road, about, what, probably three-quarters of the way down? Yeah. We yeah, tried most, to take some, most of the way. some, like, side roads. That were less improved, and we tried to follow them out. I think eventually we ended up. Was that the same day that we found the wind farms? No, that was the next day. That was the last day. Yeah, because we got off the Golden Road and ran into active logging operations, which was terrifying. Oh yeah, those trucks treat that road like it's the Fury Road. <laughs> yes, they do like seventy-five yes. miles an hour. Oh, lane so rate. yeah, there's the other thing too. If you're up in the Northeast and you're out on these logging roads, you really should have a CB in your vehicle because you can hear the truckers coming. Yeah, there'll they be call it every mile. There'll longer. be signs at the beginning of the road what channel they're operating on. You just turn to that channel and they call the mile markers as they come out. All right, so you'll be surprised coming around a corner. Yeah, so you're like, oh, I'm between those mile markers. I better pull as far over as possible because yeah. even though there's a speed limit. It doesn't matter to them. They <laughs> they rule the road up there. I mean, they own the road legitimately. Yes. Like, it's their property. It's their road. Yeah. They allow other people to drive on it. That's yes. pretty much how it works. Nobody's so. going to nobody's gonna ticket them anyways. No. But they probably ticket us, though. Yeah. Just because. We don't belong there. We did find that little... There's, like, that little trailer camper out there. There are some, like... Yeah, there's campsites out there. Yeah, because it's public land. Yeah, we weren't use, the only public ones Public use land. Yep. So a lot of it's owned by logging companies, but they allow... The public to go out and use it. Right. It's not like out in Arizona where it's just open land. You can do yeah. whatever you want. But I wish. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do, too. Because what were you, were you saying the other day that they're restricting access a bit because there's too many people? Yeah, I guess there was some problem with, like, a big group of, I think it was, like, a raptor club just going up there and tearing up the roads. 
Yeah, because their trucks are way too big and fast. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Yeah. Trying to do sweet jumps. So they're like, uh, they're cracking down on like large groups of people traveling together. It would probably be all right if you just showed up two trucks together. Yeah, it sounded like if you had like two, maybe three trucks, Yeah, um, you'd be all right. Or everybody shows up 15 minutes apart. Or that. I think that's more the thing. Although, I'm sure if you showed up 15 minutes apart and you all had Raptors, they'd figure out what's going on pretty quick. That's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Two other guys just went out with these. But the problem is, is you're supposed to stay on the... Um, well, you should tread road. lightly. Yeah, I'll try to stay on the road, quote unquote road, as much as possible. But you know, a lot of people get out there and they're like, "Oh, what's up?" More challenging, and they yep. go off in the sides and and try to make it. Which you know, we were guilty of trying to find more challenging stuff, but we went off where there was like already tracks. Like we didn't blaze our own trails anywhere. No, I mean, some of the trails we went down were pretty well grown over and hadn't been used in a long time. But we still weren't blazing new trails no. and making a mess of things. And part of it was just uh, just map following. We were just trying to follow the map. Yeah, and, like, I, I thought one of the coolest parts was when we were up near Canada and we were driving around the roads. We're like, oh, it looks like this road goes through Canada. I wonder how that works. She's like, let's go that way. And they keep driving and there'll be a bridge that was taken down on purpose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there'll be a huge ditch that was dug in the middle of the roads so you can't. Uh-huh. You know, drive across. So they probably used to, probably pre nine eleven. They used roads probably used to be open, and now they're all closed on purpose. Yeah, so, was still interesting. Which one of those had campsites along it, which was pretty cool. Yes, yes, and that was the one that had the like, old bus that somebody obviously lived in for a while. Oh yeah, yep. It was an old school bus from like the fifties. <laughs> yeah, I think, and then eventually, probably the one of the last days we were on the logging roads was um, we went that uh, was at Nantasket Point. Ah, uh, Natanis Point. Natanis yeah. Point. That was about two and a half miles from Canada. Uh-huh. That was probably... The, that was called the, the Finger of the Lakes or the Edge of the... Something? Chain of Lakes. Chain of Lakes. Chain, Chain of Lakes, lakes. yeah. Because it was a bunch of lakes linked together. Yep. Um, and the campsite was literally like a sandbar, pretty much, between two lakes. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was no really comfortable there. early yeah, in the evening, great. and then it got super, super windy. Yeah, but it was still nice. Yeah. There were no bugs, at least. No. No. I'm actually no taking the family back up later on this year, because... It was a really cool place to go. Yep. I know that they'll appreciate a place like that, but so anyway. Then the last day we did Kibbe, Kibbe Mountain. Was that the last day? Uh, the last day was when we got that really nice dry car wash going up the um, what turned out to be a snowmobile trail. Yes, that was Kibbe Mountain, right? I yes. don't know. Yeah. But, um, I still have the pinstripes, the marks on my truck. Yes. That at the time had shiny new paint. As does Andrew. Yes. But did not have any pain. Going back, I wish we went the whole way. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we were already screwed anyway. Yeah, I mean, you going. weren't. You didn't have a truck in the game, so <laughs> my truck also a shitbox, so I wouldn't really care. Yeah. Well, I was also surprised that even with oh, so this whole time it had two wheel drive. I put it in basically two wheel low, and it drove right up that. It's <laughs> a valid point too. I forgot about that. That was pretty impressive. That it drove That's, up. That like says this, a lot for those snow tires you get on. It was all seasons. Rocky, slippery. Like, I remember because this is obviously our first like real off-road trip, and we got to that mountain, and you sat there, and you're like, I don't know, man. I don't think I can go up that. You're like, no, nah, you'll be fine. Well, I had I'd taken you uh, yeah, I was in your on car. that. No, I brought you on that four-wheeling trip with the New England X-Terra Club. Right. 
uh, where you first experienced what low range can actually do off road. Exactly. Yep. And so you were like, "Yeah, Andrew, you can make it." And Andrew was like, "I don't know." <laughs> so Andrew put his truck into assumedly four wheel low, and it trundled right up the hill, no problem at all. Now, it's funny thinking back that Andrew didn't think he could make it in four-wheel low, and apparently he made it in two-wheel drive. <laughs> yep. So yep. Even better. That shows you what a little experience does when it comes to something like this, because we're very much noobs when it comes to off-roading. Uh, Jordan's done the most out of all of us, but even he does not, I would say, experience. No. You know, we're, we're very new at this ourselves. So, But, yeah, that, that first trip was fun with the New England Xterra Club. Yeah, was... That was super hairy, though. Like. It was yeah, I mean, the stuff that uh, we did in my truck wasn't too bad, but once uh, we switched over to the guys with, like, the built rigs, that yeah, was crazy. That, that rock mountain there was not fun. I mean, it was fun. It wouldn't have been fun in my own car. No, no, no. I wouldn't have done that. Nope. Yeah, there were multiple broken but, axles and cars on their side. But basically, you just um, go slow. Really. I mean, that's what it is. You pretty much just don't use the gas unless you have to. Well, well, yeah. Unless you're Call off-roading a Subaru like some of our friends. Right. Then you use as much gas as possible. Well, that's also how that's certain somebody rally cross too. <laughs> Foot to the floor, Just turn real hard. This is not me. Foot to the floor again. <laughs> well, that was you last week, though. So, <laughs> yes, we're talking about you, Joe. Well, anyway, but he's not here to defend himself. So we'll stop no. talking about him. But I guess uh, so. You don't need much to go off roading. No, I mean, look, you didn't need four wheel drive. <laughs> no, apparently not. <laughs> You just need a truck that's uh, in reasonably good shape. Somewhat reliable. Somewhat reliable. Because, I mean, think about it. You do want all-terrain tires. Well, your truck has no modifications at all for going off-road, despite the two-wheel drive nonsense. It's pre-dented and distressed, so those are the modifications. Right, but it doesn't have any winches or, you know, rock sliders or... Toe points. It does have those. Or, you know, which we needed quite a few times (laughs) because the truck is two-wheel drive. Um, It doesn't have any... uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Any, it's got factory skid plates, but nothing fancy. It's not lifted at all. It's just, it's pretty much a stock truck with a couple extra auxiliary lights. And that's uh-huh. about it. So, and that worked out just fine. So, yep. unless you're doing it, crazy it rock crawling, all the way to the end of that main trip until the day we went to go home, and we're in civilization in oh front God. of a car parts store, and the almost fuel, in front of a car parts. Yeah, store. and the fuel pump died. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was not how we wanted to end our trip. No. That was a classic case of a good thing the two of us were there because you would have lit the truck on fire and left it and walked home. Yeah, Probably. That, was, that was like an hour after we split, too. Yep. Yep, exactly. Well, that was another difference between uh, the Maine civilization and the Massachusetts civilization because we called the parts store and we're like, yeah, we got a, the universal fuel pump that fits. And we're like, all right, here's the story. We're broke down on the side of the road. Can you bring it to us? The guy's like, hmm, okay. It was a Sunday. He was, like, probably bored. But I tried to have the same <laughs> thing done here once, and in Massachusetts, they were like, nope, you got to come down and get it yourself. So it's like, oh, okay. And to be fair, once we were all said and done, we were running. We went to the uh, Walmart that had food, and we brought them cookies afterwards. So. They didn't know we were going to do that. In no. fact, they didn't even take a payment either, if you remember. Like, they took a card. And like we can't run the card, you know, without you there and a signature and the other thing. He's like, so just come back when you're all done. It's like I could have given him an old card that I had in my pocket and not gone back. You know, like, yeah. I could have been like, all right, here you go, and then called the credit card company and canceled. And yeah. obviously, we're not going to do that, but they don't know us from a hole in the wall. Yeah. And then while we were there, we're in front of a pool store, I think. Yeah. And the woman who owns the pool store saw us on her security cameras in the parking lot. Oh, is that what happened? Fuel pump. Yeah. And she showed up like we were pretty much done because I know the police. Came by. It was like, a couple oh, times. He was like, yeah, he's like I'll, come, I'll come by in an hour, and if you aren't, you're still here. We'll we'll try to figure out something else for you. 
But then uh, she came by, the owner of the store, and she asked what's going on. We told her. She's like, oh, you can you know throw everything in the trash out back. Like, All right, cool. She goes, uh, do we open the building up? Do you guys need to use the bathroom with water, food, anything you need inside? <laughs> like, all right, no, we're all set. Thank you. But that's stuff that doesn't happen around here. As Which is honestly. funny because there's two ways to go home from that camp that we stay up there for the rally. One way is kind of desolate for like a while. Then one way you kind of get into civilization a little quicker. Which and for I, some reason we took that way. I Just because I was sick of driving up and down the way towards uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday River. I had done it a bunch of times that weekend because I was chasing the rally around. Yep. And I was like, I'm going to go the other way. And it just so happened we ended up. Thank God we did. Yeah. A mile from O'Reilly's so we can get that fuel bump. It's fortunate. <laughs> it was very fortunate. Andrew was very angry that day. Well, we, we were like, all right, we're going to get to civilization. We're going to have breakfast. And then it was like, bah, 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 bah. Like, it oh. died in front of an auto zone first. Remember? <laughs> yeah. It was in front of auto zone. And, and I fired like, right, it back up. We're in front of an auto zone. We got it started again. You're like, all right, let's go. And then we're like two and a half miles later, it died again. Like, we should have gone fix that auto zone. Because <laughs> 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 auto zone wouldn't deliver us the parts. So we called them no. first. Yeah. But a rally's would. Yes. Because it's a uni- pretty much a universal fuel pump in the truck. It's just a, a standard in tank. It's just a Bosch yeah. fuel pump. Nothing special fuel pump, so. But I yeah, I mean once my once my blood sugar drops, I get real grumpy. Angry Andrew comes out. Yeah. It's all good. We made it home. We made it in one piece. Life is good. No uh no big problems. We carried a bunch of that's the other thing. So when you do these things, bring tools. Yep. Always bring tools. We had all the tools that we needed to fix this. In fact, if you're running the serious rocks like the Xterra Club did, bring spare axles. Oh, my God. <laughs> that guy, we were wheeling with him, and he blew an axle like the first time trying to use his brand new air locker. Oh, is that what it was? It was yeah. an air locker? It's a half shaft. Because yeah, the, the IFS. The front. Yeah, whatever. And he pulled back down the rock and then opens his hatch and just pulls out like an entire shop. Yeah. <laughs> of all this, I had to put a new one in. Unfortunately, they couldn't do it, though, because it was lodged in... The bearing was lodged in the yeah, end of it. Yeah, but or? I was still impressed at how fast they took that whole thing apart. Yeah, it's true. It was like a half hour. They yeah. were a new one in pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it was anything. It was once you get used to taking a car apart. Yeah, with a bunch of Xterra owners, I guess. That's yeah. probably... They've all done it once or twice. I mean, that was a gnarly mountain right there in Massachusetts. Like Ma Bell, they called it. Yep. Yeah. Definitely bigger than anything. It else. was just like a series of... Uh, rock faces? Rock ledges. Like a giant rock staircase. That was a private... No, it's public. No, it's public. Oh. It's public. It, you can just drive up it. We can't drive up it with our cars. No. It will no, break everything. It won't make it. I mean, it was pretty. But were there other places that were less yeah. crazy? Yeah, but they were private. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is the only open area there was this Ma Bell, they call it. Um, Interesting. They call it the, big, the big rock to get in, they call it the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper, yep. Most oh, people can't, can't even get over the gate. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, in fact, we had a tense moment at the end of the day <laughs> when one guy who had a pretty pretty built forerunner, like an 80s forerunner, yeah. was trying to climb. There's a way to go around the gate, the gate, the gatekeeper rock. It's not easy, but it's easier. Mm-hmm. And if you go straight up and over it, it's like you're like king shit of the day. So he's like, all right, I'm going to go up and over this thing, straight up and over it. And he got hung up on top of it. And it's not had to go over backwards. <laughs> so we were literally all ran up to it and we're holding it down manually while somebody else got a rope to pull it back over with. <laughs> it was not fun. It was a little <laughs> But scary. it was fun. Interesting. Was he almost pulled fun. his winch off of his rusty bumper trying to right himself, too. I forgot about that part, yeah. But he r- rolled it over? Almost. No, like he... So he was tipping over 
Uh, and Jordan's making hand motions here. For I all had to. Those I had to sprint to like go get a tree tree tra- uh, tree strap or something. Yep. And he tried to use the winch to like pull it back down so he could back down the rock. And as he was doing it, the bumper was bending, and, like ready to snap off. It was bending in the same. I feel like people don't. The truck was bending. Think right. about that sometimes. That if you hook it to your bumper and your bumper is only hooked to the frame by like two bolts, that's not really a load bearing. The bumpers technically aren't really load bearing on a truck. No, not especially not when they're old and rusty. Yeah. No, like you need because <laughs> this is like an eighty-five. I believe the <laughs> proper running. way your winch has to be bolted to the frame somehow of your truck. If I I'm not sure how it works. I don't know. I'm sure More some people less. will correct us, but yes. I'm sure it has to be. I mean, that makes the most sense because a truck weighs 6,000 pounds. You can't hang that off your front bumper. No, because I was looking at the, I mean, the Montero front bumper because I swapped it or I took it off to, to replace the, the ends. It's only held on with like four bolts. Yep. And it's like thin metal. Yeah. It's like thin stamped, like sheet metal. It's like, hmm, this is why the... It's more of a suggestion than a bumper. Yeah. This is why the, the pull point is attached to the frame rail and not the bumper. That's how it is on most cars, too. So Yeah. It's on a frame rail, not a bumper. Well. Any car shipped overseas should yeah. have tow hooks in the bottom of it. So anyway, going back to our main point, you don't need thousands of dollars in gear. You need the basic essentials to go off-road. You need tools. Yeah. Maps. Yep. Food and water, just in case. Yeah. And common I was, sense. You know, common yeah. sense goes a long way. You don't need fancy GPS stuff. but No, you don't need fancy. A map book is fine. Yeah. Um, and as long maybe maybe a compass if you don't have anything else, you definitely should have a compass with the map. That and definitely helps. I would say uh, a tow strap of some sort and a partner. You should have two vehicles at all times. I would yeah. say if you're doing any kind of serious off roading or way off the grid, where you're not bound to run into people, you should probably have a second truck or just in case something happens. Yeah, because sometimes even the the Max Tracks boards don't work. I'm not even talking about getting stuck. I mean, mechanical faults can happen. Yeah. Anything can break anywhere. And if you're out by yourself in the middle of nowhere and you're one truck and one person, you've got to be there for a long, So long CB time. is useful because um, sometimes you can yeah. get local people in a CB. Sometimes in places like that are remote, the locals will have CBs too because cell phones don't work. Yep. Right. Um, or if you want to get really fancy and you get yourself a ham radio on the license. Right. However, you can use a ham radio in an emergency if you have to without a license. Except why would you own a ham radio if you didn't have a license? I don't know. Some people do. Oh, okay. Um, it's unlike a gun. You can't use it in an emergency <laughs> if you don't have a license. <laughs> Man, you're robbing me, and I have a gun, but I can't shoot you because <laughs> I don't have a license. Well, I don't know. It's kind of like your cell phone if you don't pay the cell phone bill. and 911 still works. Oh, it does? Yeah, pretty sure. Huh. A non-active, non-activated cell phone will still work on 911, I think. Interesting. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. At least it used to be that way. I don't know, because I remember before I had a cell phone back in 1906, um, 1996, actually, when I got my license. Yeah, I was going to say, 1906 was a pretty long time yeah, ago. I was being a little sarcastic. Um, 1996, when I got my license, my father gave me his old cell phone, and he's like, hey, it's not activated, but 911 works in an emergency. Put it in your glove box. Oh, so, okay. Because, you know. And the battery in that Nokia would have lasted like 10 days anyway. Well, I mean, it was it's the, still going. It was the size yeah. of the engine block in the yeah. <laughs> in most of my cars, so yeah. it probably would go forever. But I remember it was in the glove box forever because just it's an emergency backup. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I never needed it because couldn't call AAA at 911, so <laughs> all I ever needed to call an emergency was AAA. 
especially with that color. But I don't think you need to go crazy with gear for overlanding. No, no. If you don't want to. Point, if, yeah. I mean, if you want to slowly buy stuff, like uh, you just, Jordan, you just picked up a roof tent. Yep. Um, that's mostly because I am planning on driving to Colorado for a month this summer. Which is awesome. When are you doing that? Uh, August. Yeah. Beginning of August. Okay. To sometime in September, whenever I decide to come home. Mm-hmm. Because I guess I have to be back for Andrew's wedding or something. Yeah. God so, damn it, Andrew. Hey. And I, then like two weeks after I get back is Vermont Overland yes, Rally. I made sure I didn't schedule it the same weekend as VOR. So, But you did schedule it so that Jordan had to come home early from his trip. Well, he was going to come home anyways for <laughs> VOR. <laughs> There's like, it's like a week in between. I think it's the week after. Yeah. Is it the week after VOR? Yeah. A week or a week and a half. Yeah. So you're doing yeah. VOR and then get married next weekend? No, no. It's the... It's, my wedding, and then I think VOR is the following week. Oh, so you're going to go to the wedding, and then go to VOR the following weekend. Yeah. All right, I like it. I like it. No, yeah, why not? And that's why you married Stephanie because she's allowing that. Yeah, well, she's down <laughs> with it. I should probably. Fix she's going to hear this, and then that'll be the end of it. Yeah, valid point. <laughs> oh, she already knows. I should probably fix that truck. Yeah, what truck? The new truck? <laughs> Ninety-nine. Yeah, now you get plenty of time. <laughs> that's what we all say. That's it. Yeah. I think you should both fix both of your trucks. I tried. Only had part of the air filter. I'm assuming it's in my garage in Haverhill. I'll have to go dig around and find it. Because there's a box of parts there that was hanging out in Andrew's father's garage. Um, And I moved it somewhere. I think I moved it there. I thought I moved it in the back of the Brown Colt, but it's not there. We'll just make one. I could buy it on eBay for like $7. Just $7. Could also make one for nothing. $7 truck. Could also make one with 10 snips and nothing. Yeah, that's a valid point, too. And, it, and you get you that sweet scene cred. But then I don't know how to hold it on. How do you hold the regular one on? It's got these special clips that clip into little channels alongside Just of it. Just use zip ties. Ratchet strap. Ratchet strap. <laughs> Completely <laughs> block the entire air filter with a ratchet strap. Yeah, zip ties might work, actually. Think about it. Anyway. It's pretty scene. We'll use neon ones. That's what we've always used neon ones. Everything is fucking cool. be ridiculous. <laughs> But then they'll meet me and they'll realize that I'm not. Aw. Anyway. I do want to get the truck back on the road again. Yes. Obviously, I haven't done a trip since that first trip, as we talked about, which I just realized while we were talking about it on this podcast. And that makes me even more upset. The truck's been broken for so long because I've been off-road once in my ownership. I think it broke shortly after that. It, oh, no. It broke later on that summer. No, it was early in the summer. Yeah. I know. And again at the end of the summer. No, it only broke once. I haven't driven it since I overheated it and broke it. Okay. That was the only time I broke. I know I discovered that I had a seized caliper on the way to uh, Freetown, but then I replaced it pretty quickly. And he didn't torque the bolt down, <laughs> as we learned last week. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I think the uh, log washer wore out. I don't think it's a thing, but I'll go along with it. No, they definitely flatten out. As you're torquing them down, not over time. Yeah, when they come back out and you've seen old ones, they're it's not called a, it's springy called a, anymore. Right, because you've torqued it down once. It's not called a lock washer because eventually it wears out and the bolt comes out. It's called a lock washer because it locks the bolt in place forever. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it wore out from being in and out too many times and it got squished. Okay. So it provides a little no, bit no, of so spring. You, you changed it there. You said yeah, it wore out from being in and out a few times. Yeah. So that's fine. I'm, I'm sure those calipers have been off that truck before. Oh, I, I imagine. 254,000 miles. If, if you put a good lock washer on it and you tighten it down and torque it down, the lock washer's not going to wear out while it's no. 
uh, no. bolt tight on the caliper. <laughs> no. What do you use? It's Loctite. Oh, what's it do? It holds bolts. Oh, yeah? For how long? I don't know. It expires in about a year. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Sorry, Andrew, to make fun of you, but sometimes we just have to. Stay on, and that's all. Listen, what? my truck doesn't even run, so what do I know? Yeah. My brakes could fall off the first time I go around the block. Actually, that brake pedal on that thing is a little funky. Oh, it needs a uh, master cylinder. <laughs> that's fine. Once you pumped it a couple of times, life's good. Life <laughs> Fred on. Flintstone it. <laughs> Um, I let other friend Brad drive it. Yeah. Um, he, I forget why he drove it. There was a reason. I don't know. You were trying to kill him, <laughs> but I forgot to tell him that you had to pump the brake pedal up a couple of times. Yeah. And yeah, he almost died the first time he drove it. I forget why he was driving it. Maybe he ran to the parts store or something. I don't remember. But do you drive with your daughter in this truck? I know how to make it stop. I will say in fairness, I will say in fairness that the other day Deb said, Hey, why don't we get rid of the Saab, and you can have the red truck back up and running again, and I'll just drive the red truck. So optimistic. And I said, do you remember uh, the God, one... God bless you, her. Do you remember the one time <laughs> that you drove my brown Colt, and it resulted in a phone call from the parking lot of the grocery store because you couldn't get the car restarted again? She's like, yeah. I was like, do you want it to be every day? <laughs> because that will be your life every day if that's what we do. And she's like, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. We won't do that. Hey, when I was growing up, my mom drove a two-door Red Raider for, like, eight years. Right. But it was probably six years old. Maybe. Right. It wasn't almost 30 years old. It actually might have been new. Right. So it's a little different of a story at that point. It wasn't It wasn't almost 30 years old. Uh, 29 years old with a couple hundred thousand miles on it, and she didn't buy it from a junkyard. I think it was also a V6, so it didn't have your flat-earth carburetor on it. That works in a lot of ways because it definitely works. The truck works better on flat earth. So. <laughs> well, the flat earth joke is because the other day, was it you, Andrew, that said it? Yeah, I heard on uh, Driving Well Awesome. They're, they're, oh, that's what they said it, yeah. They're, they're talking about what what is antiquated car stuff that people still believe in. Yeah, and you're like... And what does it equate to, like, in something else? Yeah, like, hey, carburetors are perfectly adequate. That same person that says that also believes the earth is flat. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so I immediately got a phone call when that happened and was told that was me. But I don't believe the earth is flat. I am well aware the earth is flat. Yes. And my carburetors, <laughs> and my carburetors are perfectly sufficient. Um, although I will say that in a different way, if I was, like, a conspiracy theorist and, like, an end-of-the-world doomsday prepper... My carburetor is way more be- way more proper than fuel injection. You have electronic when the EMP hits, no, man. You have points in the- you don't have points in that truck. You have electronic ignition, so you're screwed. Oh, I'll drive in the cold. Yeah, life is good. Yeah, you've got your carb and your points. Right. So <laughs> you and the Twinkies and the cockroaches will be driving. <laughs> hey, listen, I-, I-, I happily drive the brown Colt when it's not an apocalypse. So I'll happily drive it when it is an apocalypse. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, yes, I have a carburetor, and it's not a a loved thing around this table right now. Everybody hates my carburetor, but none of them own a vehicle with a carburetor. So never again. I've actually never owned one with a carburetor. Right, Mister Fancy Pants has new cars over here. Yeah, never owned a carbureted car. My third year old cars have fuel injection. So, <laughs> oh man! All right, we have to end this conversation. I'm tired of defending my. Truck. Oh, that was yeah. That was kind of how this got started. You bought. Jordan bought uh, old Burt Inglewood. Oh, yeah, 1985 Land Cruiser. FJ80? 60. FJ60. Yeah. It was cool. It was pretty frad. And yeah, it, it was, was definitely pretty, pretty brown. 
it was brown and yep. it was a four speed and it was uh rusty's hill which i didn't know better at the time it didn't matter it was cool looking yeah my truck's pretty rusty too like and it had a there. sticker on it from a california dealership in inglewood yep. but it was like burt something yeah it was burt toyota burt toyota in inglewood burt had a lot of cars yeah he had like a chevy dealer a toyota dealer and a subaru dealer and because i was actually just watching an episode um I told you guys the other day about of uh, Roadkill Extra. Yeah. And um, David Freiberger was in a junkyard, and he was talking about dealer badges in the back of cars. And he walked up to, like, a 71 Malibu sedan. Yeah. And he's like, oh, speaking of dealer badges, one right here. And it was a Burt Englewood 71 Malibu. And I was like, yes, it's Burt. <laughs> yeah, because it just fit the nature of that truck. So I called right. it, we called it Burt. Calling it Burt. Yeah. Yep. Gee, Burt. <laughs> it was a cool truck. Unfortunately, it's no longer with us. It was sold. But yeah, I had to sell it because it never the ran right. frame... Well, no, it didn't run right, but it always ran. Um, <laughs> the 12-hour drive to There were a few uh, white-knuckle passengers driving through, like, northern New Hampshire when it wouldn't idle at all, so I would have to dance on all three pedals to stop it, lights and stuff. See, I, I feel like you make fun of my cars, but you just, you, you're aware of how it works because oh, yeah. you've been there and done that. Yeah. Like the white starring that you made fun of the first time you met me, I've had to do the three pedal dance on that before. Um, in fact, at one point that car was idling so high, like it was just idled at like twenty eight hundred. <laughs> so I'd have to like <laughs> kind of three pedal it when I'm at a stoplight and just keep the clutch partially engaged, and completely glaze the clutch over with the brake in, the clutch part way out, just yep. to slow the motor down. <laughs> okay, so, uh, I mean I, it's all fixed now. It runs fine now, but there was a time when the Land Cruiser idled at like eighteen hundred, and okay. it theoretically redlined at like four something, but it really redlined at like three. <laughs> three, yep. So there was about, and it was a four speed, so it took an hour to get anywhere. Right. Did um, you ever really go off road with it? Uh, I did a little bit in the main forest rally. <laughs> yeah, I went to the forest rally and a couple of trips to uh, aforementioned Freetown State Forest. Oh, it only made the forest rally once though, because the truck was so slow. It took you twelve hours to get there, probably. Yep. Yeah. Um, actually, the Starion, when it broke, when it did that, I was in Boston. I was um, running to take Maria. No, it wasn't Maria. I was in Boston for something, and. I was on Calm Ave when it started idling like 2,800. <laughs> so it was super embarrassing. Everybody around me is in like Teslas. <laughs> and here I am in my rusty old car, revving the piss out of it, sitting at the stoplight waiting for the train to go by. I still think actually that that Land Cruiser was the best uh, Boston car I've ever had. Because everybody stayed away from it? Everybody got out of the way. Yeah. The, the Raiders the same way. I'm sure the Montero is the same way too, the silver one. Nope. No. Nope. Yeah, probably more so with that truck, because that truck looked like it had been through, like, the Sahara. Yeah, well, the guy so. I bought it from shipped it to um, Peru yep. and drove it around for a year, which is why the roof rack was welded on. Right. Very and it had cages styles. over all the lights. Yes. Uh, so it, it definitely had, had a cool story to back it up. Oh, yeah. It had, like, 250,000 miles, I think. Some California, some Colorado, Colorado, some Peru. New York, Peru... Massachusetts. It was a well-traveled vehicle, yeah, which I makes think, it pretty cool. Yeah, I think got around. The story behind the truck is almost cooler than the truck at that point. Yeah. yeah. So, it was a cool truck. I do miss seeing it. I mean, I didn't own it, so I don't... I, I'm sure you don't miss owning it, but you uh, probably miss I, looking at it. I kind of do. But they... It has a sense of occasion. I mean, I like that term a lot, so... Speaking, praise. Of, speaking of DWA. Yeah. It definitely does. Yeah, it does what it does well. Which is well, it looks cool. Yeah, 
I think sensification is more than looking cool, though. It's yeah, it's kind of doing what it's supposed to do. Like a Miata is sensification because it's a small sports car that's fun to drive. Yeah, not because it looks like a cool car. But anyway, that's a whole another topic for a whole another day, and that's another podcast topic of of choice, not ours. So we won't steal that one. No. Uh, I, w- I do want to say, however, uh, I want to thank the Camden Tub Podcast for mentioning us for like 35 seconds the other day. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. So thank you, Cam and Bradley. Yes. Uh, I guess we'll, yeah, we can wrap this up. We're getting close to an hour. So yeah. uh, if you are on the West Coast, uh, there is a show for 80s and 90s cars called Radwood that's happening in San Francisco. And you can just Google it. I think it's radwood.co is the yep. website. And they're selling tickets for it, and like you can buy limited edition posters and stuff. So there's definitely uh, Mitsubishi fans that are listening here on the West Coast. That is the the quintessential golden years of Mitsubishi was the 80s and 90s. Yeah, absolutely. It's June 3rd this year. Yes. Uh, so you should definitely check that out, support them because it's a cool show. We hope it succeeds. It's it's Goodwood for 80s and 90s guys. Yes, you so should. It's period dress and yeah, show up in your favorite 80s and 90s dress. To match your 80s and 90s car. Not necessarily a dress. So many jorts. Lots of jorts. Yes. Yes. Lots of jorts and white sneakers. <laughs> yep. White white tennis shoes. Basically, just borrow some clothes from your dad and go. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was like, man, if I if I could go, I'd find some jorts, get some uh, some uh, tube socks. Oh, striped tube socks yep. up at the knees. Yep. yep. Tuck my T-shirt. Which is still a thing in other parts of the country. If you go to, like, Florida, like, Louisiana... Like, teenagers there still wear, like, pulled-up tube socks. Yeah. It's weird. Took my T-shirt into my jean shorts. and uh, <laughs> Drive your Corvette somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> no, you still go with Galant. No, the Galant is definitely... No, but that's a Corvette look. In 1990, it was an everything look. Yeah. yeah that was true. just the look. It's the look for Corvettes now, because the people who own Corvettes just kind of stuck with it. So... They haven't changed much at all. The middle-aged man. Yes. It's the whole, you, you you get to a certain point in your life, and then you stop changing. And the world changes around you, and you don't change at all. I feel like I'm getting there. We're already there. Yeah. Do you still listen to 90s music? Because I know I do. Yeah. I listen to some newer stuff. But no, I listen anyway. to new stuff, too, absolutely. But, you know, my dad doesn't listen to any music that came out after, like, 1984. So well, it's okay. just, you know, that's his era. Anything pre-84. Anyway. Anyway, as always, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Vintage Imports New England. Yes. Vintage Imports NE.com. Vintage Imports NE on Instagram. Yes. And Vintage Imports of New England on Facebook. And you will have a booth at Imports of Carlisle in Pennsylvania? Most likely. That's Most the likely. plan. Okay. So that's the tentative plan, at least? It's, it's, 90, a, it's 90%? a 90% sure plan. Okay. So we'll keep mentioning it because if we're there, come see us. We're going to be there no matter what. Yes. It's just that we're going to have a booth or not. We're not sure. Okay. We may be promoting just from the show field just because of things and stuff. Okay. Which we'll talk about off air. All right. So anyway, we'll know more about that probably the week before. Yes. And we'll let everybody know. Yes. And regardless, we're going to do a live podcast from down there, I think. Well, Even if we don't have a we'll booth, record down there. It won't be live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Sorry. <laughs> hey. I don't, think, from, I, don't, I don't think we're big enough to do any live shows. No, definitely not. Like at theaters or anything. No. No, definitely no live shows. No. So anyway, so Jordan, you're going to listen to this tomorrow? You probably won't have to. You uh, can skip this episode. No, I don't want to because then I'll hear my stupid voice. And I think you should because if you want to make you upset, it'll be like a whole new outlook on yourself. 
Oh man, who's we'll this see. guy? We'll see. You know, I know it's already weird enough listening in the morning. You know, taking your morning shower and hearing us on the radio, mm. but it's even weirder when you're involved. Oh, in I didn't know that's what you do with it. It's like, hey, my it's my Thursday hey. alarm. When I get up, I start soaping myself. <laughs> oh, this Andrew's voice. Hey, <laughs> how's your shower going? <laughs> get nice and soapy. All right, this show's gone it. off the rails. Jordan, thank you for coming. Thank you. Rinse it all off. So next time that we discuss Jordan on the show, everybody will know who you are. Yes. Um, which will probably be fairly soon because we're doing another rally cross in another week or so. Yep. So mm-hmm. that should be fun. So we should probably fix the car. What's broken? I remember when I put my hand through the floor? Oh, we we'll have to fix that. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, duct tape. Yeah, a little duct For tape. Now. We'll call it a day. Subarus rust in New England. It's yes, they do. Unfortunate, unfortunate truth. But yeah, we can try to fix that floor sometime. Let me know when you want to do it. Any day, we'll talk to. We need a spot to use a welder. That's all. Yep, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Do you want to give people your Instagram? They can look at your cars and sweet huskies. Um. Yeah. Sure. It's just uh, at ditch hookers. Yep. Which is a rally term. Yes. Put a wheel into the ditch to go around a curve to hook the turn. Yes. Not a place where Jordan leaves his Saturday night dates. Well, that's the joke. That is the joke. I know that. I get that. I'm explaining the joke as to not make the joke funny anymore. Yeah. Dad Brad. I was going to say, thanks for bringing the dad along. (laughs) Anyway, at Ditch Hookers is your Instagram account. So, yes, Yes. check him out there. And you can follow me at Race and Anger. You can follow the podcast at Race and... uh, Which I'm sure if you find any one of the three of us, you can find all three (laughs) three of us. Auto Off Topic podcast uh, on Facebook, Auto Off Topic on Instagram. You can email me complaints, uh, <laughs> corrections. You can tell me how stupid I am at autooftopic uh, at gmail dot com, and uh, I think that's it. Oh, I do have one more quick thing. What's that? I got a phone call the other day. Yeah, no, um, from a listener. How'd you get a phone call? Apparently, probably through the Vine site. Okay, I got a phone call. He must have found the number through Vine. Um, he's an over the road trucker who listens to our show from Canada. Really? And he has a Delica. Okay. And I was going to say a thank you to him on the air, but I, as we learned earlier, I'm terrible with remembering things. Apparently. I forget his name. <laughs> um, but I haven't called it back yet, and I will, because he asked if, he's like, hey, I was driving through Boston, and it made me think about you guys, and I'm looking for a steering wheel for my Delica. So I think that <laughs> Jordan's making inappropriate jokes in the background. Um so I think that we, I might have somewhere, uh, either a Montero or a Talon or a Gallant wheel somewhere, maybe somewhere. Yes. We'll have to look around right. and see what we have. Um, something just fell down upstairs. Hope yeah. that wasn't important. It's probably my dog. Probably. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll take a look around and see if we have a spare steering wheel somewhere where we can figure out a way to get that up to our listener in Canada. We yes. appreciate all the listeners. So yes. That's a pretty awesome thing. And I was like, that's hey, cool. that's kind of cool. I'll have to give them a... Uh, Give him, a, give him a talk of Glad the show and uh, try to find him a steering wheel. So as always, uh, please rate, review, share the podcast with your friends. You can find us on iTunes, obviously, and Google Music. And uh, keep your cars analog. And carbureted. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs>